1: right, Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening, and thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Chris Maselli, your host for another episode of the podcast dedicated to your one and only Colorado Avalanche, and a pretty busy day in the world of Avalanche news and whatnot, Uh, even though they didn't play a game, and they're not playing a game until February. Uh, I don't want to say that too many times because it's just super depressing. So we will get through it. We'll power through, we'll watch this meaningless all-star game, um, and then just count the days until we can play meaningful hockey yet again. But uh, a lot to get to today in turn in including Jared Bednar being inducted to <clears throat> a Hall of Fame. Not the Hall of Fame, but a Hall of Fame. Uh I talked about the athletic article where they kind of give they, they, they asked questions very unscientifically uh, to players around the league. Kind of go over that. Um, and we'll do some power rankings. We haven't had any power rankings since last week. So we'll see where the Avalanche is stacking up in some websites. Follow the show on Twitter. L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram. Search for Locked on Avalanche, And send in your emails to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns... You want to propose a trade, whatever you want to do, send it over there. So, all right, like I said, Jared Bednar is going into a Hall of Fame, and that Hall of Fame is the ECHL Hall of Fame. Um, He will be going there, I don't know the exact day, uh, but the article that I pulled up, kind of just read it through to you guys, and uh, we'll kind of go over something that's insanely interesting about Jared Bednar's playing career, which I did not know. But first, it says Jared Bednar will become a Hall of Famer in Wichita, Kansas. (laughs) The Colorado Avalanche coach will be officially introduced into the ECHL Hall of Fame, which occupies a section of the Hall of Fame in Toronto. Bednar played eight seasons for the ECHL, for the Huntington Blizzard, played there for three seasons, and the South Carolina Stingrays, he played there for five. Uh, Bednar, in fact, maintains his family residence in South Carolina. Bednar could have, and this is interesting, Bednar could have been inducted in either of the past couple years, but commitments with the avalanche prevented him from being there on induction day, and he asked to have his induction deferred until he could be there in person. Um, I th- that's that's kind of big of him. So with the Avs on a 10-day break from all hockey activities, with the exception of Nathan McKinnon, uh, Bednar will have the time to finally uh, be at the Drury Plaza Hotel in Broadview in Wichita and be inducted along with three others. Um, all right. So, and, and, you know, that's, that's good. You know, congratulations to him. A Hall of Fame is a Hall of Fame. You're going to be in there forever. Um, here's the interesting part. I've never looked at Jared Bednar's playing day stats until right now. Um, after seeing this, and like, well, I mean, I knew he played, but you know, he didn't. He made it to the AHL on a couple of occasions. Um, never really, well, never got into the NHL. But that doesn't matter. I mean, a lot, some of the best coaches are guys that just couldn't make it uh, to the bigs for whatever sport they're they're representing now. Um, and he's one of those guys. Doesn't take away from from what he can do. He's a knowledgeable guy. He can coach an NHL team. Um, but if you look at his ECHL statistics, who are they, who are they getting into the, who are they inducting into their hall of fame? <laughs> is it just by name? It's not by stats. <laughs> uh, the worst plus minus in, in NHL history famously is by, uh, Bill Nicholson. In 1948, who had a plus-minus of minus 82. Well, Jared Bednar matched that in 1993-1994 for the Huntington Blizzards. He played 66 games, had 8 goals, 11 assists for a grand total of 19 points, and a negative 82 That kind of gets swept under the rug sometimes. And again, that doesn't take away from his coaching ability. But did anybody know he had negative 82? He followed that up uh, with a nine-goal, 36-assist season for 45 points, 211 penalty minutes, and a negative 18. They did make the playoffs that year. Um so you got I mean it's negatives all over the board I don't mean to rip on this guy I love him he's I love him as a coach uh, but you're going through if you just want to look at the plus minus it's negative 82 negative 18 negative 19 a plus 12 that oh that's not the that's not the highest we had a plus 13 a couple years later uh, negative 14 a six a five there's the 13 negative 11 a eight a nine. And his last season, he was a negative uh, <laughs> 24. Congratulations, Jared. You made it to a Hall of Fame. I'm happy for you, but I don't know uh, based on what <laughs> to be. It, it, this is this is kind of uh, bizarre. I never, never, ever knew about him. I never really cared to look up his stats. It's not, like I said, I knew he didn't make it to the pros. So I never said, oh, I wonder what his career stats were. But when you see negative 82, what were you doing that year? (laughs) Miraculously, they did not make the playoffs that year. Uh, So he didn't didn't have a chance to improve upon that number. But, um, yeah. (laughs) And he went back and coached uh, the South Carolina Stingrays. And he won a championship for them in uh, 2008-2009. but in terms of playing days, um, I think Jared Bednar is is best at his best when he is uh, behind the bench. <laughs> uh, but hey, he got further than I ever did. <laughs> uh, to, to I would probably be, I'd probably break that record at a negative negative eighty two if I was able to play in the ECHL. So. Um, just when you're looking at that number, it's kind of daunting. I'm sure he wishes he could go back and erase that somehow. But it is ingrained in the record books of the Huntington Blizzard, the 1993-1994 season of our coach Jared Bednar, who is a fantastic coach, but he put up a negative 82 spot in the ECHL. So it is what it is. Congratulations. And, and yeah, how about him saying hold off on... Uh, putting me in there till I can go. And by by the this article was uh, alluding to the fact that it was a couple of years. So it could have been one of those things where it's like, hey, I'm never going to get to it. Just go ahead and duct me and I'll maybe record a video or something like that and you guys can play it and thanks for the for the induction. No, it it it, it means a lot to him that league. And I give him all the credit in the world for for sticking it out until he was available and he's shown up and he's, uh, he's getting inducted for life with a negative (laughs) 82. Congratulations, Jared.
2: My name is Paul Stewart, a third generation Irishman from Dorchester, mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U S hockey hall of fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code,
0: PS20. Easy Feeling Wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. And finally, sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, so the Athletic, uh, fantastic website. Uh, you have to get a subscription to it, and I would say it is well worth it to do so. Um, and they don't endorse me, so you know, a little trick that I figured out um, if you go in, say you want to sign up, back out, say you don't, they'll send you, they'll, they'll put either send you an email or, or or have a splash screen come up and basically cut the price in half like for the whole year. So I don't remember what it was, but um, it's it's not too crazy. If you do the full amount, it is. But if, like you said, kind of like act like you want to sign up and then cancel or click cancel, and they will throw you an offer for something cheaper, um, and it's worth it because they do really phenomenal reporting. Um, so if you really if you want to support them and pay the full amount, go pay the full amount. I don't care. Um, so they, they they have a poll, and it's kind of like a fun thing to do uh, where they poll the players. Uh, like I said in the beginning, it's not scientific at all it's just here's some questions if you want to answer them answer them um just about 400 players took part um and i figured i would go through this give the question and the answer that the players gave and then maybe give you what my answer would be on some of these um and kind of gear it towards the avalanche obviously so the first question is Probably the most basic, who is the best player in the league, and you would be not shocked to find out that sixty three percent of the players polled picked Connor McDavid. I think maybe I was a little surprised it was that that high. Um, I thought maybe maybe down in the fifties. But second place was Nathan McKinnon at seventeen percent, and after him was Sidney Crosby for fifteen. So I think the name recognition for Sidney Crosby is is now kind of Coming to an end, and he's you know on the downside of his career, so that makes sense. But um, Nathan McKinnon being number two in this poll, ahead of Sidney Crosby, two percentage points ahead of ahead of Sidney Crosby. I think that's uh, that's commendable, and and again, this is this is from his peers, so that's uh, you know his, his peers notice him. Um, if you gave this to the fans. Uh, I I doubt Nathan McKinnon would be number two. I still think, because of the name, uh, Sidney Crosby would be probably number two. But the players themselves are starting to notice uh, what we got in 29. So my answer, yeah, we can move on. You know who my answer would be. Um, Question number two. Game seven of the Stanley Cup final. Aside from your own goalie, who do you want to start in goal? So I can't pick one of our goalies because that's in the question. Um, For... The players and what, what they answered, 33% of them said Carey Price, uh, 23% percent Mark andre Fleury, um, and it kind of goes down from there, but those are the top two guys. Me, if I can't pick my own goalie, and I'm Game 7 of the Stanley Cup playoffs, I want Hen- Henrik Lundqvist. I want him to win that game, I want to be on that team or coaching that team or whatever when he does it, um, and a Game 7 in the Stanley Cup Final for him to finally raise the cup would be as poetic as it could be. And then he can ride off into the sunset. But uh, that would be my pick. Absolutely. And they do have kind of like players also receiving votes. Um, and he is on there. So Jordan Bennington Bennington is the last one listed in the top five at 7%. So Lungfist polled at less than 7%, which is kind of shocking because I, I feel like that's how I would answer that question, not based on skill. It would be on who do I want to win a Stanley Cup, and it's got to be Lundqvist. So that is what it is. So who is the most underrated player? And 22% of players polled said Alexander Barkoff, uh, Jonathan Huberdu at 9%, Backstrom at 8%, Braden Point at 3 and Jared Spurgeon at 3 Most underrated player... That's and, and believe it or not, players who received multiple votes, Nathan McKinnon's on there too. Um, I'm looking to see if there's any other Avalanche players on there. I don't see any, but I would pick I think Mark Shifley is underrated. Uh, yeah, he gets a lot of press um but he is a a tough person to really pin down on the ice, and he takes quality shots better than anybody else in the league. Um, So you know when he's going to take a shot that it's calculated and it could go in Uh, because he's he's good. He's really good. All right, number four, this is what a lot of people like. Who is the dirtiest player in the league? And 29% said Brad Marchand, 24% said Tom Wilson, 11% said Matthew Kachuk. Goes from there. Those are kind of like the top three. I can't stand Brad Marchand, but I think I can't stand Matthew Kachuk more. Um, it's just that, and and Marchand is you know as arrogant as they come, but I just think Kachuk has that extra arrogance um, that you just you, you want to jump through the screen and uh, and do things to him. <laughs> but uh, I think he would get my pick uh, and. Players who also receive votes, Nazim Kadri's on there, so they don't tell you how many, but he's on there. So, um, and kind of, so there's some funny quotes here, and this is all anonymous, by the way. So um, there's quotes in here, and they just say the division that this player plays in. They don't say who it is, so they kind of will come out and say something. So I'll just read a couple of the quotes. But one Pacific Division player said, "Nobody's dirty. I know guys who are cheap. There's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of rats in this league." Kachuk's a rat, Marshan's a rat, but I wouldn't call them dirty. Other players disagreed and had lots to say about Marshan in particular. Let's go with a sampling from all four divisions. Marshan can do some shady shit, a Pacific division player said. Let's go with Brad Marshan. He's a little prick, a Metro Division player said. A central division player said, It's disgusting what the league lets Marshan get away with. He's got no respect for anybody. It makes me sick. Um so. Yeah, those are some comments about him. Moving on to who is the best defensive defenseman. And Victor Hedman got 17%. Shea Weber got 10%. Ryan McDonough got six. Giordano got six. Slavin got five. I don't know. The best defensive defenseman, I mean, if you want to, like I said, gear this towards the, the Avalanche, um, I in in the uh the um the fandom friday that we did with uh Sarah uh the other week and she mentioned her favorite player was Ryan Graves uh that really made me think more about Ryan Graves and and maybe not just pinning him as a a kind of flash in the pan of of the season that he's having this year which is a, a good season for him um I would say him I would say he is probably our our best defensive defenseman Definitely. Um, they asked two questions. Who's the best referee in the league? Who's the worst referee in the league? I'm not going to get into that, um, but it is kind of funny to read uh, kind of some comments on on them. Uh, as far as the worst referee in the league, St. Pierre is head and shoulders above everybody else. Uh, I thought Peel Tim Peel would be a little bit higher on that, but uh, he, he's number two, but St. Pierre ran away with it. Um Kind of funny, but comments on that say uh, (laughs) St. Pierre may be the most arrogant human being I've ever seen. It's honestly like he hates the players. He treats everybody like shit. Uh, St. Pierre is the worst, bar none. Bar none. (laughs) So they don't like playing with him. All right, number seven. Which player, not on your own team, would you most like to have a beer with? And this was pretty close. Alexander Ovechkin wins it with 14%. Crosby and Joe Thornton tied for 12. Keith Yandel with 6%. Brett Burns with 5 Out of those guys, I would go with Brett Burns. I don't know why. I think I would just take... I think having a beer with the beard would be awesome. Um, other receiving votes, Nathan McKinnon is on there. Um, and because of the receiving votes, I don't tell you how many, but he is on there. Um, as far as our team goes... Somebody that I would have a beer with on the avalanche, I would have to say, this is tough. Either, either Nazem Kadri or Nikita Zadorov, because if a bar fight breaks out, I know I'm well protected, and I might go with Kadri more so. So yeah, um, and huh, let's see, um, two more that that they have outdoor games. Too many, not enough, or just right? 58% of players polled said it's just right. 23% said too many. And 19% said not enough. I, I think it's just right. If they were going to make any movement on it, I would actually want them to do less and not more because you don't want to flood the market. You don't want people to get bored with it. Um, having the, the couple stadium series games and the winter classic is fine. The winter classic, gets all the, the notoriety and um, the stadium series games, not so much. That's more of those team specific where, where you, you get the, the notoriety in those games or more towards those fan bases. Um, so I think just trying to saturate it and, and do more to get more eyes on it is not going to work. So, if anything, I would take maybe one of those away. But I think where it is right now is perfect. I think doing a Winter Classic and a couple Stadium Series games is fine. And as long as they keep maneuvering it uh, to different arenas, which it seems like they're doing, and not just giving it to either the Original Six or Pittsburgh um, is, is the way to go. So, And finally, do you pay, do you pay attention to advanced stats? Eighty-six percent said no, while fourteen said they do. And for me personally, um, actually, I'm sorry. There is one more question after this. Um, for me, I, I want to pay attention to advanced stats more. I just, I, I kind of get burnt out with them <laughs> because it's 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 too much sometimes, and you're overthinking things, and then you just forget about to play the freaking game or just watch the game. You're, 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 you're too much in your own head when you're thinking too much about these advanced stats. Are they meaningful? I think in some cases they can be, but I think if that's all you pay attention to, you just go down that rabbit hole of, well, what does this mean? And what does this little minute detail mean? And what does that little minute detail mean? And then you kind of just forget about to do basic things or watch basic things or play a basic way. Um, so I think they can be daunting. Um, and I, I, in the position that I am, I like them. I would like to understand them better than I do. It's just I know I'll forget about the simple things of hockey, which I don't ever want to forget about if I go down this rabbit hole of looking at advanced st- uh, stats and heat maps and all this other stuff. And they're good. They're entertaining. But I, I don't want to dwell on them for too long uh, because I think of what it would do to my my head and just constantly thinking about and overthinking about all of this information that's out there. So that's my take on it. And there, like I said, there is one more question. It's a good one. If you could change one rule, what would it be? And they gave 16% to remove puck over the glass penalty. 14% said no more offside challenges. 5% said no shootouts. 5% 5% said remove the trapezoid, and 5% said 10-minute overtime. Um, there were other, other options that people had put in, um, but those were the big ones. I don't like the puck over the glass penalty. Um, I think they, they should get rid of that. I think they might even, maybe not next year, but in the near future, I think they will get rid of that. Um, I kind of would like to see getting rid of the trapezoid. Open that up. Make make goalies make a mistake and go into a corner when they shouldn't and give up a goal. I think that that would be because right now you have you have the goalies and say like you can't go outside of there and they don't and plays like that don't happen. Will it happen all the time if you remove the trapezoid? No, but I think every once in a while, I think I think goalies would be a little nervous. Should I go get this puck? Should I not? And they're gonna get stuck in no man's land. And give up a goal every once in a while. I think that would open up some scoring in, in removing the trapezoid. But uh, that's just my thought. So what do you guys think? What's your, what's your uh, on any of these? I, I'd really like to know what, what people think on, uh, what rule change you would change. Are you into advanced stats? What do you think about outdoor games? Who's the best player in the league? We know who that is. Any of these. Uh, send them my way. Through, uh, through email at lockedonavalanche at gmail.com. So, all right. One more piece of business that we're going to do today, which is some power rankings. And we'll see where the avalanche stand this week heading into the all-star break. All right. One more piece of business to get to for this week before we call it a night or a day or morning. Um, and that's some power rankings. So totally, totally trivial power rankings. Uh, Take what you want out of them um, or just argue with your friends. But uh, let's see where we got with some avalanche standings. First thing, we will go with CBS Sports. They have, and this annoys me a little bit. Yeah, they're playing great, but they have the Tampa Bay Lightning at number one. I think when Tampa Bay finally was going to figure it out, I anticipated people just shooting them up the boards in power rankings just because. Um, but for the Avalanche, they have them moving up one spot from last week, so they have them moving up to number nine. And they and so for their um, for their power rankings, they they said they ask a simple question for each team: Who or what is the number one star for that club? through the first portion of the season. And to n- su- the surprise of no one, uh, they picked Nathan McKinnon. As much as I'd love to give Kale McCarr some shine for his awesome rookie campaign so far, McKinnon has just been a freak. He's got 72 points through his first, they wrote 39, and it's actually 49 games, of uh, and found success even as they lost Miko Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog to injury. Earlier in the year, he's the second best player on earth. He is the first best player on earth, and I don't care what you say. So, um, sporting news. They have at number one St. Louis. Um, and where they? they have Tampa Bay at six. So, they have the Avalanche last week at ten. This week they have um, all the way up to four. Um, and they have, just a little blurb, Nathan McKinnon 70 points, 49 games. Seven points in the last five games. Is on pace for a monster year. He's not on pace for a monster year. He's having a monster year. So uh, go back and edit that, please. Fan-sided. Number one, they have Washington Capitals still at number one. Mm, I don't know why I'm picking out Tampa Bay right now, but you're just getting Tampa Bay too. Tampa Bay's at number four because that annoys me. And they have Colorado dropping from five to six. But what they say is interesting. Not that I completely disagree with it. Something's missing from the Colorado Avalanche. They are on the verge of greatness, but they need that final piece. Few few coaches get more out of their guys than Jared Bednar. It's up to general manager Joe Sackick to add something to the mix. I don't entirely disagree with that statement. I do. I think that they're just missing one final thing. I think they can win if they don't get that final thing, whatever it is. But I think if they got it, i.e. Taylor Hall, rewind a couple months, Um, they, that, that's what it is. I don't think there's nothing on the trade market of that value of that splash move. Um, but it was something like that, that would have obviously put them over the top and it's not there. So you move on, see what happens in a month at the trade deadline. And (laughs) finally, um, the score at number one, they have Washington capitals and they also have Tampa Bay at number four. And they have Colorado. Where did it go? I just missed it. Um, Unchanged. Last week they were at nine. And this week they were at nine. And uh, they put, so they do kind of like a thing. They do, they hand out midseason superlatives to each team. So for um, the Avalanche, it was, it's Nathan McKinnon most likely to put the team on his back. Is a superlative. Um, When the injury bug hit Colorado and took both. Of his line mates, McKinnon was there to help weather the storm. The 24 year old has failed to get on the score sheet and just. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Where am I saying here? Okay, sorry. The 24 year old has failed to get on the score sheet in just nine games this season and is a massive reason the Avalanche have been able to maintain their spot atop the league standings. <coughs> All true. Um, So, my end-all, be-all power rankings. I still like Washington at number one. (coughs) I would put St. Louis at number three. I would probably put Tampa Bay at number four. Even though I just said I hated that. And then I... I'm going to put because I can't I just can't put Boston ahead of them I still am hung up on the fact that the abs beat them twice handily so I would put Colorado at five and then Boston six Uh, I'm always gonna have Boston right after Colorado and I don't care Um, unless Colorado just completely falls off the face of the earth then I'll put Boston ahead of them but the way that they handled them I still think they should be placed ahead of them. So that's what they are Colorado Avalanche, fifth best team in the league right now. So that is what it is. I'm just going to have to deal with it. <coughs> so that's going to be it for today, guys. Um, we'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. See whatever goings on is going on in the world of the Avalanche. And uh, maybe do some prep for this All Star game. See what's going to be coming down the pipe for that. So. Enjoy the day, guys, and here is Joby.
2: Go, abs, go.